Today, we're going to just look at five verses because they're really packed. So all week, we've been talking about wisdom. We started with a pretty heavy topic, death. Then we talked about a less heavy but still heavy topic, temptation. And then yesterday, we kind of talked about the idea of regret or having to deal with not being wise. Today's message, Solomon's going to give his son instruction, this is how you get wise. This is how you pursue wisdom. I love these five verses. For a long time, they were my favorites when I would study the Bible because I resonated with this. So here's, here's the question that I want you to have in your mind right now. How much do you want to know God? Don't answer it out loud. Just be honest with yourself. Do you really want to know him? Do you just partly want to know him? Is he like maybe an okay addition to your life, but you're not sure ready to go all in? How much do you want to know the Lord? That's going to inform how you understand this passage. And this passage will help to correct maybe what's going on inside of you at that level. So let's go ahead and read the word, we'll pray, and then we'll dive in. It's going to be, I think, a more simple message today, but those are always good. Chapter 2, verse 1. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments within you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. Yes, if you call out for insight... If you raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver or search for it like hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and you'll find the knowledge of God. Let's pray. Father, we love you. God, what a wonderful week, Lord. We have gotten to be in two sections of Scripture that are so fundamental and foundational to our lives, God. I pray, Lord, today that as we walk through this passage, the text would do its work inside of us. I pray that we would walk away today understanding some practical steps that we can actually take to pursuing wisdom. Father, I pray that you help me to be clear, and I pray that you give us all quick minds and good attention. In your son's name we pray, amen. Okay, <clears throat> we have eight verbs. Uh, again, you got to like be okay with grammar and language. You don't have to be a, like a really proficient grammar person. But there's eight verbs here. Did you notice that? He, he gives you eight verbs, and they're all commands. If, if you receive, if you treasure up. I mean, they're, he's saying if you, but the impl- implication is you got to do this. Receive, treasure up, make attentive, incline the heart, <clears throat> call out, raise your voice, seek, and search. So you got eight verbs. And they're all descriptions of how you pursue wisdom. So today, the question is not, should you pursue? He's not trying to persuade you necessarily to pursue wisdom. He's assuming that you've seen the bad effects of not living according to wisdom. So he kind of skips over and said, this is how you need to pursue wisdom. So today, if you want to pursue God, this is how to do it. My hope, though is that this week has shown you that God is awesome. He's amazing. He's wonderful. He's good. He's just. And he's utterly loving and forgiving. So you should already want to pursue him. So how do you do that? How do you do that? Well, this is going to be a little bit practical. So I'm going to take those four command verbs, imperatives, 
and we're gonna, or those eight, and I'm gonna, I think they're grouped in doubles. So we can have four ways to pursue God here. The first way is to turn on the wireless clicker. There we go. <clears throat> every day, every day. I'm not very wise. Okay, the first thing that you ought to do is to store up wisdom. Store up wisdom. Now, he gives you two commands here, and I'm going to summarize them as store up. The first is receive it. <clears throat> receive it. So this one's not, there's nothing here in this word that you need like a technical commentary or to know Hebrew. I just want you to think about what the word receive means. If you're going to receive something, you know what that means. But let's like tease it out a little. What would be the opposite of receiving a thing? Like, if you're absolutely not receiving it, what would we call that? Rejection, that's good, that's good. Um, like forsaking, throwing it away, tossing it away. Maybe, would you say ignoring it is the opposite or not? Or what do you think? Maybe a little, like if I'm ignoring something, I'm default rejecting it, okay? So he says, if you receive my words, and okay, okay, so receive them. Let's, let's think about that for a moment. We just observe that the text says we ought to receive it. What has to be true about you to receive a thing? Just think about that for a moment. If you come up to me and, so we'll go back to Tuesday. My throat was really scratchy and I had like all kinds of nasal stuff going on. And I kept clearing my throat and it was really distracting, but I didn't know what to do. And then a wonderful kind soul brought up some bottles of water. They're still here. Now I'm bringing my own water. What if I had said, no, I don't need that? What kind of an attitude would you have thought was in my heart right then? Pride, exactly. So here's the first way that you can learn to pursue wisdom. It's actually that you need to receive it. There is your pastors, your counselors, your parents, mature godly believers, and they're going to do things that are going to offend you both by the way they behave around you, but sometimes they're going to come to you and say, hey, I love you, but have you ever considered that maybe you're a little prideful? Or, you know the way you talk to that person is really unkind and uncharitable? Hey, you know the way you spend your time? I've known you for a couple of years now. Do you think maybe, I, I think I'm seeing maybe a little selfishness. Can I explain that to you? No one likes to be critiqued. No one likes to be told, hey, you're doing something wrong. But right now, especially where you're at, if you want to be wise, you need to get in the habit of receiving criticism. In fact, the wise man, if you read the rest of Proverbs, the wise man loves, I mean, it's hard, but they love it. They want it. They want to know where they're sinning, where their blind spots are, where are they not doing what God wants. And there's so many Christians that I know, and I've been that Christian, who a godly believer comes and confronts you on sin, and you don't receive it. You want nothing to do with it. And you got really good excuses. Well, you do the same thing. Or, well, no, you don't understand. Or, hey, I, I, you don't get it. There's all kinds of circumstances that makes it okay that I responded in anger or whatever. But the first thing, if you want to pursue wisdom when you leave, you got to have a humble attitude when godly Christians come and talk to you about your sin or give you advice. Number two, you need to store it, or I have treasure it on my notes here. So my verse says, and treasure up my commandments. Uh, if you treasure something, you value it a lot, right? Uh, I have a set of the Lord of the Rings DVDs. I know, it's kind of old. But they're the extended editions. Yeah. <clears throat> so 
It makes my heart warm that everyone knows this and loves it. I want the Blu-rays next because I want to get those. But man, 13 and a half hours of glorious movie making. It's so good. My, my family and I, like, except for my wife, she's, she likes movies, but she just can't watch that much movie. So me, my brother, my mom, and dad, we all did like a Lord of the Rings day where we started at 8 in the morning on a Saturday, and it took us until, we took breaks for lunch and dinner, but it took us like till like 9 at night, I want to say, or maybe 10. It, we were pushing, but it took a long time. I loved it. So, man, I treasure those. The box set, it opens. It's got all the extra DVDs. I treasure that. And when I treasure it, what it means is I protect it and I'm careful with it. I don't want anyone to mess it up. A guy wanted to borrow it at work and I didn't want to let him borrow it because I was like scared he'd mess it up. So if your Bible says treasure it, I just want you to understand that the, the word, if you read any commentaries, even the basic ones, it actually just means to store it up. It doesn't mean to like value it highly, though if you store it, you do. Here's the idea. If you store something, do you need it right then? No. In fact, I got given these on Tuesday because my throat was like, I had to clear it a lot. Did I drink them all? No. So what am I doing? Like, they're here until I need them. So here's the point. When Solomon says, you need to treasure up my commands, he's saying, right now, you may not need these, but later you're going to, so pay attention. When I was uh, 23, we were at a, my wife and I were married, we didn't have, not have kids, and we didn't think we were going to, and uh, we were in the Sunday school class for like 20-year-olds up to like 60-year-olds. It was an interesting spread. It was good, but the guy who taught every single application each week was, this is how to raise your kids. Why well, didn't have any kids? This, Okay, whatever. And so I just like mentally checked out. Like, I don't need this. I don't have kids. Now, that's actually very American. That's a good American way to think. It's pragmatism. Oh, I don't need that. Why waste my time? Well, now I have kids, and guess what? <laughs> it's too late for wisdom. <laughs> okay, it's not too late, because I have the Word of God. I have good biblical people who can help me. But man, if I had been storing that up, I would have been ready, and I wouldn't have to do a lot of backup and like figuring stuff out. So when wisdom is given to you on Sunday mornings at your church, through Bible studies with your leaders, with your friends, if you study a Christian book, you need to figure out a way to hold on to that. Maybe you take notes. Maybe you have a notebook. Maybe you have an online document. Maybe you just read it every now and then to remind yourself of what you learned. But you need to store this up and get it inside of you because you, when you need wisdom, you don't always have time to study. Let me say it again. When you need wisdom, you don't always have time to go and study. Sometimes it's right then in the moment. And the best thing you can do is just store it up inside of you. All right. Next, you need to pay attention to wisdom. Verse 2, pay attention to wisdom. He says you should have an attentive ear. An attentive ear. He says, make your ear attentive to wisdom. Now, you know what it means to pay attention, right? Because some of you are doing it right now. You're doing a great job. And some of you, I think, are paying attention, maybe taking notes. But when he says, make your ear attentive, what's he talking about? Okay. What's that? Kind of comprehension. It's close to that. You will get comprehension if you do this. Uh, let me do it like this. So... Uh, I love my kids, okay, so I'm, I, and I would say this in front of them, because I, I was like this too. So my kid could be in the living room playing with her sibling, and I could say, hey, dinner's ready. 
Like, I'm, I don't even have to raise my voice. No response. Play, play, play with Legos. Hey, dinner's ready. No response. Hey, and I got to like raise my voice. And it's because the ear wasn't attentive. You know what I mean? However, when you're a parent, you're going to understand this. My kids can be downstairs in the basement on the other side of the house. And I can go upstairs, open the cabinet door, and open a crinkly bag of Oreos making almost no noise except for one little crinkle. Hey, Dad, what you eating? <laughs> Why can they hear that? How come I can be right here like, hey, it's dinner, hey, it's dinner, hey, it's dinner. hey clean up, hey, clean up, hey, put your stuff away. Hey, put your... How they can't hear it there, but they can be back there, crinkle. <laughs> That's like a dog. Like, you know, like when you do anything, like the dog can be sleeping, you like open the bag of treats and... Okay, this is, this is, this is something that's going to reveal something in your heart. When your ear is attentive to something, it's probably because you love it. Like, you love that thing. You want it. You want that thing. So you need to make your ear attentive to knowing God. Which means, this is a really good time. If you're paying attention right now, you're doing that. You're, you're, and sometimes you don't want to, but you force yourself. And that, you learn to love it. You, you taste the Lord, you see that he's good, and you want more of him. So you should make your ear attentive. You should incline your heart toward wisdom. You should incline your heart. This is incline your heart to understanding. And uh, so I did have to look this up in the Hebrew a little. And so the idea is that you're stretching like you're reaching out to grab something. So if you've ever seen those, like, uh, it's like in a movie where the character needs to grab his weapon and he's like in a fight and he's like stretching, ah, okay? Or like you're running and at the last second you're stretching for the finish line. Well, how do you do that with your immaterial part of your soul, your heart, your insides? Well, it's almost like all of you is pushing toward it. So Colossians 3, 1 through 4, therefore if you have been raised with Christ, what should you do? Seek the things that are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. What should you do with your mind? Set your mind on things above. It's like your whole internal being is set on God. You're pursuing God. You're trying to grow in the Lord. If that doesn't make a lot of sense to you, like, well, what is it? I don't know. What does that mean? Let me ask you this question. I don't think Solomon is saying this because your heart's not already inclined towards something. I think he's saying you should incline it to the right thing. So internal, in, internal question, what is your heart inclined to right now? It's inclined to something. You love something. You want something. You're living for something. What is it? What is it? Only for you. Don't answer out loud. What are you living your life for? And is it to know the Lord? Now, this may take time. So my example is I love coffee. And I like only good coffee. I can drink mediocre Dunkin', it's fine, but I can't handle Folgers. I hate Folgers. If you take any classes at the Bible College, thank you for that, I hear that hand. If you take any classes at the Bible College with me, you'll find out how much I hate Folgers. I just don't like it. If you love Folgers, hey, coffee's postmodern, you can love what you like. Uh, postmodernism is sin too, by the way. And anyways, um, so I didn't always like coffee though, I hated it growing up. Like I hated coffee. But when I was drinking pop, it was making me fat. And then I switched to Diet Pop, which is horror. And then I really got to where I like Diet Pop. And then it started to make me like brain fog all the time. So I had to discipline myself to learn to like the thing that I hated. 
And then in time, you know what happened? My tastes and preferences changed. This is important today in our culture. What you prefer, what you love, what you desire is not unchangeable. But even if it doesn't change, you can choose to follow the Lord. You may not love God at all times. That's not because God's unlovable. That's because you're sinful. But you can pursue God. And over time, guess what? You cultivate a true love for God. I love the Lord. I really do. I don't always live the way I should. But I love Him. And I found that sometimes the best way to love Him is to not love the wrong thing. This is what Solomon's getting at. So in your internal person, what do you love? What do you want? What are you living your life for? You're doing it for something. You're living for something. There's something you want. There's something you're seeking. There's something you're pursuing right this moment. Have you ever stopped to think about what that is? Have you ever done like an internal assessment? Hey, what, do I, what am I aiming my whole life at? Solomon is saying, if you want to be wise, aim the insides of you at knowing the Lord. Here he says, he's listening to his words, which I think we could apply to all of Scripture. Okay, so if you want to be wise, you want to pursue wisdom, store it up for a rainy day. You don't need it now, but you might need it later. Number two, pay attention to it. Number three, hunger for it. That's what I'm going to say for these two verbs, hunger for it. <clears throat> so in verse three, he says, yes, if you call out for insight and you raise your voice for understanding. So the word call out, when do you call, like, when do you call out for things? Like, you can answer this. What's that? Yeah, that was good. Two points, two points. That was nice. And you need it. You need to know it, and so you're calling out for it. Okay, what are other times you call out for things? If you want something, you have to want it pretty bad. And you're like, hey, calling out, okay. Like you're at the uh, baseball game, and they got the hot dog shooter. And you're like, pick me, pick me. You know, it hits you in the face. Um, what, if you're in, what if you're in need of help? You call out, and you call out differently. You call out desperately. You, you really raise your voice. In fact, you scream. The word, I mean, this is what he's getting at. Like, scream for help. It's honestly okay to call out to God like that. It's actually good to call out to God like that. But let, let's think about it. Do you really just sit in your room and yell at the sky? I'm, think about it like this. How much effort are you putting forward to reaching out to God and asking him to help you? That's what Solomon said. Cry out for wisdom. Like, pursue it. Run after it. This is a serious thing. You need this. And so take it seriously. Now, the next thing he says, if you call out for understanding and you raise your voice, uh, call for insight and raise your voice for understanding. Uh, so do you, anyone have, like, siblings who are babies in the room? Okay. So this is not as many as, okay, that's fine. You're in high school, though. At one point, have you ever been around a hungry baby? Let's try that. Whoa, okay, that was way less than I thought. I'm just going to tell you about babies. Now, maybe you're like, I don't have a baby, I don't need this. Store this wisdom up for waiter, okay? <laughs> babies like something, they like food. I know I'm not a baby, but I do like food too. Bless you. And so, when the baby wants the food, how does the baby tell us that they want the food? They cry, they cry. yes, you get this. The word, like this is the idea he's getting at. If a baby doesn't get food, the baby cries out, and then if you don't feed the baby quick enough, what does the baby do? He quits crying. No, actually, you're right. He cries out louder. 
Or she wails, screamer. Like this, it gets worse and worse and worse and worse. There's no point at which the baby stops, unless the baby's tired. Please think about yourself and your pursuit of God. You're pursuing God. You're pursuing God. You're trying to understand the Bible. You're trying to understand this Christian thing. And no matter what you do, it just doesn't quite make sense. If you're pursuing this the way Solomon is saying, you don't stop. You just keep going. If you think about like any athlete who's really good, I don't want to say one because then it's going to fight this, start this big squabble about which athlete's the best like basketball player, and we all know it's Michael Jordan. So, anyways, I just don't want to get into that. Yeah, see, thank you, all the people. Okay, I didn't want, I didn't want to start that, but since you all know the truth already, so if you look up his practice hours, it's shocking how many hours he practiced. He looks like this great basketball player, and he's amazing. You, you just think, oh, he was born with it. But he pursued that hard. He gave a lot of effort to it. You see someone playing uh, an instrument and they're doing a good job, they pursued it. So a friend of mine, uh, he's playing his violin on Sunday morning, and he's, it's going to go up and do special music, and he's just kind of fiddling around, fiddling around. And there's some other like younger girls who are violin players, and they're like staring at him gape-jawed. Now, it's not because he was hot, okay? It's, it's because he was just really good. He was a phenomenal violinist. And the one little girl's like, how do you do that? And I was standing right there, and it's like the Lord like burned it into my mind. He's like, I just practiced. And he goes back, and then it's like something clicked in his mind, and he stopped and he said, well, when all my friends were playing video games, I was practicing. And then he went back to it. It was a perfect illustration He pursued it hard, which means he put a lot of effort into it, a lot of energy into it, and a lot of time into it. So when you're crying out for something, you don't give up. And and that means you really want it. You, You desire it. And you're willing to put the effort in. So my question for you is, how about God? In your life right now, how much effort are you willing to put in to pursuing a relationship with him? Are you willing to meet with your youth pastor or your youth leader? Are you willing to be open about sins you're struggling with so you can overcome them? Are you willing to discipline yourself to read this book even when you don't understand it? If you are, then you can say, I'm crying out the way Solomon wants me to. All right, lastly, uh, lastly, oh, sorry, cry out like a hungry baby. And then lastly, if this clicker will work, you need to search for wisdom. Now here, notice that he says, it's not that you, he's saying, hey, search for it. You know that, you're expecting it. He wants you to understand how to search for it. So he says, search for it like silver and search for it like hidden treasures. Silver is very valuable. Today, if I think of something valuable, I'm probably thinking of gold or platinum or, you know, a Tesla, a what? I couldn't hear that again. A Bitcoin, there we go. That, that's fine, that's fine. A Bitcoin, oh, there we go. I was like, a big coin. Sure, yeah, that, that works. Okay, okay. Yeah, a Bitcoin, okay. Yeah, so, and, and, so man, if you, were, if you lost, well, you can't, it's hard to lose a Bitcoin, by the way. Let's go back to the like, physical things. So here's my wedding ring. And uh, if I lost this, uh, or, or here's my water bottle, and I lost this, how hard do I look for the water bottle? Not hard, right? It's like a water bottle. Who cares? But because my wedding ring is so valuable to me, I'm going to like really look hard, 
really, I'm going to seek after this and I'm not going to give up, even if it's difficult or painful, even if I've tried the same place three times and I'm not certain. I'm going to go back one more time. That's the idea here. How hard are you willing to search for it? Now, maybe for you, it's like your, uh, your phone. Remember that thing you had at the beginning of the week that you haven't had all week because you're a good camper, right? And so, like, man, if you lost your phone, you would get on your iPad and do find my phone, and if it wasn't working, you'd be checking everywhere for it. So you know how to find things that are valuable to you What's your finding look like when you're in God's Word? When you're at youth group? When you're with your youth pastor? When you're with your parents and they're helping you understand life? How hard are you searching for wisdom? The good news is that if you do this, you might find wisdom, but you might not. It's like a 50-50. We really don't know. God's capricious. Sometimes the answers are are prayers and sometimes he doesn't. Okay, now that's completely wrong. That's what you're thinking. They're like, oh, I'm going to do this. Will it work or not? Look at what it says in verse 5. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and will find the knowledge of God. Do you understand? God is telling you, do this and I will give you wisdom. It may not come right away. It may take time, but he's, he's, he's telling you, you can have this. He's not trying to hide it from you. He's not trying to keep it from you. He wants you to have wisdom. And if you want wisdom, this is how to pursue it. It's not watching everything on Netflix and trying to find out what the History Channel says about the Bible. It's not like, what does your friend think? Or You can get in the Word and you can understand this. So how do we go, like, what should we go forward? How should we go forward? Just for sake of time, I'm going to skip forward here. I want to give you five ways to go forward. Solomon is, is really pressing you. He's given you a lot of warnings. He said, this is reality. This is what life is really like. Therefore chase the Lord, search for the Lord, love the Lord, and follow the Lord with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. What does that look like? I'm going to give you five ways for it. Number one, read and study your Bible. Read and study your Bible. This one's huge. This one's really important. Romans 10, 17 says faith, which faith is trust in God. So if you want to walk with the Lord and you want to know wisdom, you have to have faith that's strong in the Lord. And it says faith comes through hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. The Bible is the same thing as the word of Christ. Like God is the God of the Bible. If you want to have faith in God, you want to trust him, you want to walk with him, you got to be in this word. You got to be in it even if you don't understand it. You got to be in it. You got to let it change what's inside of you. All right, number two, reach out to a mature believer for discipleship. Notice what's going on in Proverbs. You have a dad who's lived life, okay? He's tried all the happy things the world offers and they all came up short. And now he's saying, oh, this is, this is how it is. And he's sitting down with either his real son or the next generation of sons. And he's saying, this is what you ought to do. You know what? That means you can't do this on your own. So if you want to grow, if you want to follow the Lord, get in the word, but get with a mature believer, That's the next level. That's the way to level up your Christian walk. Number three, memorize God's Word. Memorize God's Word. I'm not great at this, but I have a number of passages that I've memorized, and they're stuck in me. Colossians 3, which I quoted earlier, I've had that memorized since 2002. I worked at a camp, not this one, and it was on an island in a big lake, and to get off the island, you had to memorize two or three verses a week, so no one wanted to miss their day off. So we memorized the Bible. Now, that's like totally 
like selfish, right? I just want to get off and go eat ice cream at the good ice cream shop. But you know what? To this day, I still remember those verses. So Psalm 119.9, how can a young man or woman keep their way pure, walk with the Lord? By guarding it according to your word. How can you know the word? Psalm 119 verse 11, I've hidden your word in my heart so that I might not sin against thee. Memorization of scripture is really important. Now you might, uh, any, uh, don't raise your hand. I know what it's like if you're bad at memorization. So sometimes you got to like get good at it. But just as a testimony, I've been a teacher for a while and a Sunday school teacher for a long time. And there's times where I study a passage out so much that when I go to teach it, I almost have it memorized. So there's a connection between studying and memorization. Now, if you don't believe me, I want you to think about one of your hobbies, your interests, or your entertainments. How many random details could you tell me about that? Don't answer that out loud, just think. If you love games, can you tell me all the rules to Ticket to Ride right now from memory? If you like books, can you tell me all about your favorite characters? If you like sports, can you tell me like details from Super Bowls or basketball Super Bowls or whatever it is, but you know, can you tell me those details when you sports, you know, do the sports thing? Now the point though is that you can, you can say I can't memorize, but you have a lot memorized. You memorize often what you love. So read it over and over, but study it, think about it, ponder it, let it soak into your soul. That's a really good way to memorize. Number four, gather with the Lord's people on the Lord's day. You may be here today and you're not a Christian. Go to church. Go to a church that teaches and preaches the Bible. And it's, it, this is for believers. Believers gather because they worship the Lord, they devote themselves to the doctrines in the Bible, and they try to love and serve one another. But go and look. And if you're a Christian and you're not going to church... That's not what you see in the New Testament. You don't see anywhere in the New Testament that says, yeah, you can kind of do this on your own. Like You need to be around other believers. If you're wondering why you're not growing and you never go to church and be around other believers, that might be the real answer. But there's one more way forward that I want you to consider. Give up. Stop resisting. Turn and be saved. Like some of you aren't saved. Some of you don't know if you're saved. Hey, you may see this and think, I really want this wisdom. The first thing you need to do is get that settled. It's, it's, it's Friday. Look at, what we, look at what the Word of God has done all week. Look at how amazing this book is. I know like there's sin. I know there's things you love. You think, I might have to give that up if I am a Christian. Is that thing worth not going to heaven to be with Jesus for? If you want wisdom, you need to turn to the Lord for it. So if, if you're here today and you're not sure you're saved, or if you're like, yeah, I'm not saved and I don't know if I want to be, but I want this wisdom, turn, give up, trust the Lord, and get saved. Get saved. Talk to your counselor. Talk to me. Talk to Chris. Talk to Phil. Talk to anyone with a camp shirt who works here or a name tag that's magnetic. Talk. That's the best thing you can do. Okay. Oh, Siri just thought I was doing a math equation. That's good. So I want you to walk away with more resources. Every day I'm giving you resources. You're like, really? But listen, books are important. So first of all, if you want to learn how to study the Bible, this book, I cannot recommend it highly enough, Living by the Book by Howard Hendricks. It's super easy read. 
You should read it with your youth pastor or with another Christian and try to do what, you're, what it says. If you want these resources, they're all on my blog, which I hardly ever use, but you can get it there. I highly recommend it. I actually use it as a textbook in my Bible study class, so they have like an easy book to read. Secondly, The Pursuit of Holiness by Jerry Bridges is about living a holy life, which might think you, make you think it's all about porn. It's not. It's actually about sanctification and a consistent walk with God. If you want to grow, this is a great book. And then, shameless plug, me and my two buddies have a podcast. Every single episode, we're all three teachers at Faith, we get in the Bible and we study the Word. If you're like, I don't know how this works, get on the podcast and every episode, we're going to study the Bible, you're going to get more of this kind of stuff, and you're going to see how to go about studying God's Word. Um, God loves you. God is wise. And He wants you to have that kind of wise loving, fulfilled life. It won't always be easy. You'll go through trials, but it's really good. What is keeping you from either turning to God and being saved or giving up the thing in your life that's holding you back from your Christian life and pursuing Him? Just give up. Follow the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we love you. God, thank you for the testimony of Solomon, God. He pursued the world greatly. He pursued all the happiness and pleasures that the world offered, and he learned that they do not satisfy. He was the Samaritan woman. We are the same one. Father, we can have wisdom, and you've shown us how. I pray for us this week, God. I pray that if life is hard, if it doesn't make sense, and this, this Bible seems to make sense, I pray that we would decide to really give this some effort, to really make a serious decision to turn and to try to follow you, God. I pray that we would not be ashamed and not be scared to admit it. If if we think, man, people think I'm a Christian, but I'm not, we just, we open up about that. It's okay, Father, we're, we're sinners. We're trying to figure this out. But I pray that we wouldn't sit here and not do something. We would decide and move forward to follow you. Father, we love you. Thank you for the rest of this day. I pray that we would have a great day and really enjoy our last day at camp. In your son's name we pray, amen.